Abby availing yourself to the powerful message provided by Wisdom Connection, the media ministry of Wisdom International Network Ministries, where individuals have been helped to shape their future to fulfill their God-given destinies. We pray that ensuing message will enable you to find fulfillment in life. Now let's receive the message. And most people don't know that prayer is a present continuous act before God. Amen. They always assume that prayer is when you need something from God, then you come and holler at Him. And after He's answered your prayer, you go and you forget about Him. Yes, I like the word holler because it's just a current uh, lingo talking about talk or what? Call, right? So God wants us not to just holler at him when we are in need, but he wants us to have a con present, continuous relationship with him in communication. So I like the title, Pray Without Season, because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, the Bible says, Pray Without Season. Amen? And when the Bible was saying, praying without season, he was telling the Thessalonians not to have an occasion just to pray, but learn to pray continuously. So I'll read 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, amen. Praise God. I'm trying to get my scriptures right. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's go back and read a few verses so that we can introduce today's subject. Amen. It says, First uh, Thessalonians, I want to read a few verses. It says, See that none render evil for evil, verse 15, unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourself and to all men. Verse 16 says, Rejoice evermore. Pray without what? Pray without what? Pray without what? So it means that you shouldn't have an occasion where you put aside to pray. You should always pray without season. Amen? Because the moment you start praying, you give the devil opportunity to gain access to the relationship you have with God. Luke 18. Jesus also said this and we want to look at that. Luke 18. Luke 18. Amen? Luke Chapter 18, Paul was telling the Thessalonians, pray without what? Pray without what? Good. Luke 18, Jesus was talking to his disciples 1 to 8. Luke 18, 1 to 8. It says that, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Did he say men should pray sometimes? But he said, men always ought to pray. Always means every opportunity you get, every chance you get, every time you have, you have to be murmuring or muttering something to the Lord. Amen. If you have a friend and you love this friend so dearly, what do you do? You look for opportunity to talk to the person, especially in days that things are good or things are not so good. So God wants us to have a relationship with him rather than to have a religious, uh, what do you call it, practice with him. When the relationship becomes mechanical, there is no proper what, enjoyment and there is no proper synergy and infusion. 
When relationship becomes mechanical, if you have a friend and you only call him uh, occasionally and it's not fluid, it doesn't what become exciting. Amen. But friends love at all times, and because friends love at all times, every opportunity you get, you want to hear from your friend. Hallelujah. Those are relationships that grow stronger and stronger. Storms will come. Situations will come, but it will always stand stronger because the relationship is not mechanical. Amen. It's personal. Hallelujah. So Jesus said that men all always to pray and not to faint. Verse 2, saying there was a, in a city a judge, we fear not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. But after he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this woman troubleth me, I will avenge her, least by my, her continual coming with weary, but Continue coming, she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust church said. I will end there. So you can see that sometimes some situations and circumstances doesn't need just prayer or faith. We'll come to that. There are different types of prayer we can engage in. But God wants us to understand that whether it's the different kinds or just simple praying, it should be continuous. Amen. And if it's not continuous, we give the devil access room. We give him place into our lives. It's very important that we learn to persistently and continuously pray. Whether we are happy or sad, whether in a good mood or not, God wants us to pray. And God wants us to pray so effectively that our prayer yields results. Most people pray and they don't see the results of their prayer because James says that they pray amiss. They pray amiss because they don't hit the bull's eye. Most people pray and they don't know to whom they're praying to or what they're praying for. It's important that in our prayer we know to whom we're praying to. You can talk to a person and not know the person's capabilities, abilities, and their identity. You call somebody on the phone and you're talking to them, I believe they gave you their number so you know who you're talking to. You know what they can do and what they cannot do. What their capabilities and abilities are. Most people pray to a God they don't believe in. Why am I saying that? Because most of the time people pray and after they prayed, you can see that the prayer didn't affect their confession. Neither did the prayer affect their action. Prayer should affect you in both ways. Your confession must change. Why? Because you spoke to a God who created the heavens and the earth. And because you spoke to that God, you know that once you've spoken to him, he heard you. And he's able to do far more exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask or think. But according to the power that is in you. The power that the Bible is talking about is the power of faith we have in God. Somebody say Power. 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 Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. God is talking about the power of faith energized by the Holy Spirit when we pray. Unbelievers pray, and they believe God more than believers pray because of familiarity. 
unbelievers pray and they believe that God has heard their prayer more than believers. How many of you can really agree with me that president's children don't see their father as a president, but they see it as their father? See, outsiders will look at the president and see the power the president wields and what the president can do. But to a child of the president, he's my father. People will have to seek, uh, what do you call it, protocol access to get to the president. A child of the president just gets up and walks into the father's bedroom because that's their father. See, so the tendency that believers have these access, most of them take it for granted. Or if it's God, he could do it anyway. But sometimes your father needs for you to come to him and discuss how you want your day to go. He wants, you, he wants you to tell him how your day has been so far. He wants you to tell him your concerns about the life you're embarking on that you're uncertain about. Anybody hearing me? Because if God knows all things, then he doesn't need you to tell him he knows already. But because he wants to have a relationship, I will emphasize this to my hearers. Know that our God needs a relationship. He doesn't need religion. Because he needs for, to, to have relationship with us, he wants to create this atmosphere where every opportunity you get, you can come to him for a discussion. That's what prayer is basically all about. Don't make us make religion out of uh, prayer because, you see, when you make religion out of prayer, it loses its meaning and vitality. It loses its meaning where you want to get to a place and set up an altar, a table, and white cloth. People call it altar. And kneel down before you pray. It loses its meaning. You know, if you have a relationship with the person, it doesn't matter where you are. You can still what? Create an atmosphere to talk to the person. Where you are, your location doesn't matter than the tone and the voice and the heart by which you talk to the person. It's very, very important, and I want to emphasize on that, that if we can pray effectively and pray for God to hear it, we have to have a deeper relationship with him and learn to pray without ceasing. We don't pray only when we want him to do things for us. We don't pray when we are only we are in trouble. We don't pray when somebody is bothering us and we want him to intervene. We pray because it's the right thing to do. Write Proverbs 15, 8 down. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8. It says the prayer of the upright is God's delight. The prayer of the upright is God's delight. So it means that when a child of God opens his mouth to talk to God, God enjoys it. He's not bothering God. When my children said, oh, I didn't want to call you because I don't want to bother you, it sounds a little off in my ears. Who do I have to give attention to? Who do I have to give my time to? Than you, my child. The same way if God is your father, God delights for you to talk to him. That's why when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, he didn't bring a prayer mantra from any ancient book, but he taught them a simple symbol and a type by which they can get to God. The first statement is what? Our Father. Our Father. So if you see God as your Father, prayer shouldn't be only what... Uh, uh, 
when you need something, but prayer should be a, a normal day-to-day conversation with him. How many of a relationship with people you haven't spoken to in a while? See, right now, conversation can be on different levels. People test, they email, they what? The, the, the message, whatever they do. But in the real sense, a proper conversation that helps build relationship is when you hear the person's voice. They said your voice is as distinct as your fingerprint is. I'll say that again. All of us have distinct voices, even though it might sound like somebody else's. When the person is able to listen carefully, he will know he's talking to you. Just as no human being has the same what fingerprints. Have you heard it before? That two people went to the court and they were fingerprinted and their fingerprints were ident- identical. God created all of us unique. And God wants to hear our voice. You can't email God, test God, or what? Uh, uh, what's up God? No, you can't do that. You cannot do that because God hears our voice. And let me tell you why God wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your voice because your voice describes to him the condition of your heart. I'll say that again. Have you spoken to somebody on the phone and the way they answer the phone, you quickly ask them, why are you sleeping? People do that to me a lot. My first answer to a phone call in the morning sounds like I'm asleep, but I might be awake. Why do you ask that? Because the condition of the person's state is spelled out in the voice. Is somebody learning anything? If there's anything you can learn as a child of God that will make prayer for you so simple and easy, is what I'm teaching you, where you learn to let God know your voice to a point that when you say, ouch, God knows what you want. And that's the point you get where you will power on earth. Because somebody who has a great relationship with God and can know God's voice and God knows his voice wills power. God created all things by the word of his mouth. So if you master to know how to talk to God, let me talk tell you, you can talk to nature and nature will bow to you. So prayer is not a religious act. It's a personal relationship with the one who created all things. When you look at all the other religions, they have a form of prayer. Why is it so? Because prayer is powerful. Unfortunately, there's are mantras, things you repeat over and over again, which doesn't make any natural nor spiritual sense. But it gets satisfied because that's what they've been told. Christians have adapted that. Especially when you come to the highest form of prayer, which I wouldn't get into, which is speaking in your spiritual language called tongues. People have messed it up to a point that they think if they can say the same thing over and over and over again, God will hear them. Yes, God is a spirit. He can interpret the concern of your heart. But the question is, why would you do that to yourself? When children are growing, we just allow them to say things and we get meaning from what they say, right? When we were younger, there was a popular uh, terminology, uh, mothers, in where I grew up, uh, uh, used for water. It's called baba. Baba. Say baba. Baba means water in where I grew up, in my household, basically. So most of the kids that grew in my household, the first word they learn when they want water is the uh, mama, baba. Guess what? 
after you've gotten to a certain stage and the Baba doesn't change, it becomes a concern. Am I right? Am I right? You need, in the psychological world, you need a speech what? Uh, pathologist, right? Somebody to help you to find out why the Baba hasn't changed to water, which is the right and appropriate way. Let me give you a simple advice. The same way spiritually you need to grow and advance. You can start with Baba, 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 Baba. It's allowed, but after a certain time, the Baba should what? Should graduate to something more complex that when somebody is outside looking at looking at you praying, they can realize that you're speaking a language. But in this case, this language is a language created by the Spirit that you don't have understanding to, neither your hearers, and he that searches the heart, Romans, knows the condition of your heart. So don't get away with ba 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 and say you're speaking in tongues. No, that is an immature way or communicating to a complex, magnificent God like the one who created all languages. Because when we come to even natural languages, the language is dynamic. When you go to certain communities, the way they pronounce certain words are not the same as the way certain communities pronounce their words. You know why? It's because of the culture of different places. Even the English language. Those who speak the English language, the language we call English, don't even speak the same way when you go to certain communities. Language grows. So when you become born again, child of God, and you want to pray, and by the grace of God, you've been blessed with the language of speaking in tongues, listen to me. The responsibility is on you to relate to God to a point that you can start from a simple syllable. But as you grow with God, it changes to a real language. Why is it a real language? Because that's the language of the spirit that you can speak to God that no one understands. That's the advantage you have. So Jesus told his disciples, men always ought to pray so that they won't faint. This is my own emphasis. Because when you start praying, you start breathing spiritually. When you start praying, you start you stop connecting to your spiritual source. When you stop praying, you stop giving yourself that energy. Can I say oxygen? That helps your blood to work effectively so that you can live a normal human life. So you see, we can understand this scientifically in the natural, but when it comes to the spiritual, then we try to manufacture something. God wants us not to cut corners and try to present him something thinking that we are praying. And most people have prayed and it's become a second nature to them. Why? Because their conscience has given them a notice that if you don't manufacture something every morning to God, God is not going to hear you. But the devil is a liar. I don't have to have fake relationship with fake people. Because fake people will fake you out. Are you getting what I'm saying? I want to have real people to deal with. I'm talking about real people. People, when they're sick, they tell you, I don't feel good. When they can do it, they'll give it their all. If they can, they cannot. You see, God is somebody you cannot put a limitation on. You can't limit God. So you can't tell God, I want to have conversation with you whilst while you're praying with God, you're yawning and you're sleeping. 
God understands. Use just a simple prayer. Father, thank you for taking me throughout this day and not allowing any evil to happen to me. Watch over me. We could continue tomorrow. See you. Good night. Does this sound religious enough? No, we do that to our friends. Yesterday, one of uh, the people I talked to called said, I want us to discuss something, but I feel so tired. Can we talk to him? I said, yes. I said, I'm too tired. I want to sleep. That's simple communication. Imagine the person wants to talk, but whilst they're on the phone talking to you, you could hear them snoring. Would you like it? It's rather disrespectful. But don't we do that to God? Amen? So religion has positioned us in a place where we do things that sounds very weird naturally and we still want to present it to God. Can I give you another example? Like people take canes and machetes to church to pray. Doesn't make sense. If you want to kill the devil, he's unkillable. You can't kill him. If you want to whip the devil, he can whip you. You can't whip him. So stop all these weird things. Prayer should just be simple. If I delve into different types of prayer, then we can understand that there's certain prayers that you don't even need to shout. Do you go to your mom asking her for things shouting? Or your dad? Can you even go to the king of your country or chief of your city or your village for those of us who come from Africa and go and yell at the chief to give you what you deserve as a citizen of that community? No. You go there with certain kind of decadence, some respect and some proper approach, right? But look at how sometimes out of the blues Christians yell at God. We literally scream at him like he doesn't know what's going on. You see, God wants us to understand. You see, when you're screaming at the devil, I can understand that because he doesn't understand fair play. But in prayer, you don't scream at God. So it means that we have to know even the different kinds of prayer to get results from our prayer. Anybody learning anything? So it's important for us to know that God delights, say delights. Say delights. If you understand the word delight, it means that the person's heart crave for it. If you delight in something, you wouldn't let people take it from you, right? So the same way, if you have a relationship with God, and you know God delights in your prayer, don't deprive him of that word. One-on-one moment with him, every opportunity you get. Because every breath you draw in and out is telling you, Somebody is still in control of your life. Anybody still here? So it's important for you to know that God delights in us praying to him more than we want to pray. So sitting in the train, going to work, you can still be praying. Whilst you're working and things have become so stressful, you can't find your head from your tail. My brother, my sister, you can still pray. See, if you don't have that one-track mind thinking that you have to be in a church and lift your hands up and scream in the atmosphere before God will hear you, whilst you are in your bathroom getting ready to go to work, you can still pray. Because God delights in hearing you more than you're ready to what? To pray to God. So make prayer so simple for yourself so that people will not always manipulate you to go to an all-night prayer meeting 
When somebody stops you and asks you, why are you praying all night? You don't even know why you're there in the first place. You're wasting your time. I'm not against all night prayer meetings. I'm not against it. But I'm talking about you knowing the basic fundamentals of prayer so that you wouldn't waste your time praying prayers that have no results. When do we pray? Anytime we feel like praying. When do you talk to somebody you love? Anytime you feel like talking to them. Am I, am I speaking right? It's important for us to understand that and clarify that. The next thing too is, do we have to pray privately or do we have to pray publicly? I've seen people make arguments, oh, why do they go to place and shout? There is a place for everything. Private prayer is when you're having a private moment with God. Public prayer is when God has said, come together and pray. It's called corporate prayer. The first... Um, Example I'll give you is First Chronicles 7.14. The Bible says that if my people who are called by my name. So God recommends us coming together to pray. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. So prayer demands humility. If my people who are called by my name shall come together and humble themselves and pray. I will hear from heaven and heal their land. So you see, there are certain prayer that demands corporate prayer. Matthew 18. If one or two of you shall agree on a thing. Have you seen that? If one or two shall agree on a thing, so something is going on in our family and we don't like it, one or two of you can decide, you know what, this kind only can go through what? Prayer. So you find a day, set a day aside. If you're busy people, you decide 12 midnight, you're going to gather to pray. Why is 12 midnight very, very significant? That time the whole world is quiet. All activities have ceased. People are resting. Spirits, both good and evil, are parabolating around. The reason why the psalm says that the psalm know what evil shall come nigh their dwell, your dwelling and the pestilence that fly what at noonday and at night is because spirits have specific times they operate. Both good and bad spirits. When you go to sleep, some people get up to do numbers on you. Numbers on your family, numbers on your job, especially in New York City where everybody brought their God. People are chanting at 12 midnight. Why are you sleeping? See, so it's important that when everything is quiet, things are laid back, you get up and you begin to communicate with the one who created you. Your mind is free from every job schedule you have. You've put your phone either off or on vibrate, put it far away from you. Because now it's becoming a tracking device and a distraction to our lives. That's what this technological world has become a help and a hurt at the same time. People have loved their families because when you go to a family dinner, nobody talks to anybody. Everybody's on their phone. So let's take the best out of life by finding a common grounds where we can use our time wisely. You work 12-hour shift. You need to wake up at night and make time for your God. 
Because he is the one that gives you power to make wealth. So that he will establish a covenant. You see the thing is not about you. It's about those who cut the covenant with him from the foundation of the world before we got here. Some people think that God will do for them because they are too pretty or they are too nice. God is doing for you because that agreement has been set already. You would have to find a principle to what? To perpetuate that agreement. To continue that covenant. So the Bible says that it is he that gives you the power to make wealth so that he will what? Establish that covenant. Guess what? If you decide not to walk in that covenant, you're on your own. You don't want to be on your own in these last days. There are too many evil going around, destroying people. That's why you have to be very, very wise in your prayer and pray effective prayers. I wish you could understand that. Because some prayers are not effective because they're not going anywhere. Very, very important. So the Bible says that we should pray without ceasing. In the same Matthew 6, 6 is where he told them, don't make a public show of your prayer. If there's anything, go back into your closet. So you see, in the same book, Jesus has given us two kinds of prayer. Private prayer and corporate prayer. Especially when you don't want anybody to get into your business. And then he'll go and he's talking. Why are you talking people's business in prayer? That's what the Bible is saying that go into your closet. Your closet is your private place. It doesn't sometimes mean a physical closet. But sometimes, you know, sometimes you can sit down quietly and your heart bubbles out something. And you don't make a big deal out of it. But you realize that that thing is happening. That's where Ephesians 3.20 comes in. Please write that down. And read it later. It says that what? God is able to do far more exceedingly abundantly above. What we ask or think. What we ask or think. What we ask or think. So purify your thinking when you're praying. Some of you pray but your mind is wandering all over the place. God is not hearing the words. He's hearing what you're thinking about. As a man thinks in his heart so is he. So pray without ceasing, but make sure you're praying right. You're not praying amiss. Sometimes, some kind doesn't need fasting and prayer. It just need a desire. A desire. When you pray, when you pray, when you pray, what? Believe that you have it and you shall receive them. A desire. That's what the scripture says. God respects your desire. Don't deny your desires because you've tried and tried and it didn't work. Like somebody getting out something out of this. If you learn this basic principle of prayer, the goody two shoes, uh, Christian hula balus, loud people will say you are not spiritual, but don't listen to them. Prayer is not for a show off. Prayer will be have to be effective when you make it personal. You live with people. They sleep to rest to go to work. You came back from work. Now you're screaming on top of your voice and all of them can't sleep. That's not prayer. That's being insensitive. That is being so carnal that even spiritual things are blinding you. If my wife went to work and she's sleeping and I've come back from work and I have energy, I should let her sleep. So I pray under my breath 
so that she can have good rest to go to work the following morning whilst I am sleeping. I mean, am I talking to New Yorkers? New York is a 24-7 state where people work around the clock. So be sensitive with people. Make sure that you let your prayer be motivated by faith and love. Because if you believe God and you love people, you won't disturb them whilst they're sleeping. Is anybody learning anything? It's very, very important. Let me just wind down and let you know that God always wants us to apply the different types or kinds of prayer. I'll end there. If time, God permits us, we'll go into these different kinds. When you read Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 18, it says, praying with all prayer. Praying with all prayer. Praying with all prayer. Like those of you who know how to cook, there are different utensils in the kitchen for different dishes. There are different what? Cutlery or knives for different what? Uh, usage. You can't use a bread knife to cut chicken. You can't use a butter knife to cut what? Steak. You can't do that. There are steak knives and they are, even though they are all called knives, they are different kinds. So you get in the picture. So for you to be able to pray effectively, you have to learn these different kinds of prayer. If you're doing intercession, you don't talk about yourself. You're interceding, standing in the gap for other people. If God gives you the opportunity to pray for somebody else, don't make it a selfish word, ambition. Make it personal that I'm praying for this person and I want God to intervene in their life and I want to see X, Y, and Z happen. You see, if you don't do that, then you mix up all together. And then it ceases to become effective. Anybody learning anything? So if you're praying prayer of intercession, make sure you take yourself out of the way and zero in on who or what you're interceding for. Maybe you're praying for your community to change. Those of you in New York City can see that every day on the news there's shooting in neighborhoods. You want to intercede on that. Don't ask God for money in the process of this prayer. Or else it becomes ineffective. You're praying. Protect all the young men in the neighborhood so that these three bullets will not hit them. It's nothing about you. It's about what? Interceding for your neighborhood. Recently, there has been three shootouts, right? Just this week. The young woman that lost their way to go pick up uh, family members. Help me out. You don't listen to the news. And the young boy who was shot in the head and ran to the next uh, house and uh, fell down. You see, God wants us to become the light of this world. Not self-centered, give me, give me, give me children. See, when a child is young, he depends on the parents. When a child grows up to become a full, mature, grown man or woman, they become help to their parents. They become help to their citizens, their neighborhood. They become outstanding citizens of society. When do we stop praying God to always give us and allow God to use us as battle acts to destroy evil being perpetuated in our community? We leave that to politicians, and politicians don't have a clue. My question I ask every day is, why are people using guns to destroy lives, and they can't ban guns in this country? Because it's part of the Constitution. 
Politicians can't do anything about it than to make what? Promises and vain promises and pamper and pacify people. But they can't stop it because they've already put it in the Constitution. The right to bear arms. So we can change our own Constitution by allowing God into the situation. That is what the kingdom of God does. The kingdom of God rules over all kingdoms. So when there's a constitution from another kingdom that is interrupting in the peaceful living of human lives, we employ the kingdom's principle into that situation. I don't want to be long-winded, but I just want you to have this simple subject to help you pray effectively. Pray without ceasing. Pray everywhere you are at any time, at any place, but then... To pray effectively by praying directly to God without any intermediary. Amen. And allow your spirit to pray. Allow your spirit to pray. Don't wait till you feel the goosebumps. If you're not to pray, pray. Pray without ceasing. Don't wait till you go home. It would have been too late. And also, I'll go into a little detail next week about the different kinds of prayer. So that you know which one you are applying at the same time. If I need one of my sons to do something for me, all I need to do is to call them, see their availability, and ask them to do it for me. I don't go yelling and banging their doors. Because I have a relationship with them. The same way God loves you, he wants to do things for you more than you are ready for. So the prayer allows him into your life, into your space, so that he can do what he wants to do. Amen? Amen. God bless you. If this message has blessed you, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Wisdom Connection TV, and share our videos so that we can have a lot more people, I mean, learning from this platform. God bless you.